Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life, hosted by B.B. Dalman and Rosalind McNally. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Our School. Um, we're delighted to have you here with us. And as always, we're continuing on with our little soul-led business series. And I think we're into episode four at the minute. And we're responding to some of your questions that you've mm. been sending in. And I have to say they've been brilliant to get and allows us a space just to rift on them and see what comes through because we don't like to plan our answers too much or even think about them too much, as you can probably tell. Um, but it allows us that spontaneity. So we're hoping that you're receiving from it. And I know from here and from, from some of you, you are really enjoying just some different perspectives of looking at things. So we're going to dive into some of the little questions we've received. Um, but first, I'm going to welcome Bibi, my little co-host. Hey, How are you, my dear? I'm good. Um, excited to dive in. I like the spontaneity of it, you know. It's yeah. like literally I have no clue what you're going to read out. <laughs> yeah, well, some of them only came in today, so... <laughs> We will go with the flow. Mm. But I think the questions that have come in are really interesting. And yeah. I think this first one I'm going to sort of throw out there. I think everyone, I doubt that anyone who started a business has not experienced this. Any kind of a business. Like, do you know, like, and it's something you'd see a lot. I would have experienced myself and then see a lot in people who may maybe begin to start out or shift in direction or expand in some way too. So then the question is, Sound like I'm a game host. Question is, how do you keep strong faith in yourself? Especially when there's a lot of or a bit of background noise of doubt from others. Mm. Um, you might not need everyone to believe in what they're doing, but they're just wondering if that's something they've you've, we've come across before. And then how do you keep your own faith strong if maybe family, friends, partners don't have the faith in you and your business? Yeah. So it's a sort of a big, big deep one. Like, mm. do you know, like, and I think it's one definitely everybody will experience. And I think also you're tending more to have that possibly when you're doing something that's not mainstream as well. I was about to say, do you that. know, like, yeah. And we might, we might, we might, I might sit here and go, but like all the holistic stuff is mainstream, but I'm in that echo chamber. Like it's the work I do. Like mm. most of the people I follow are either in this work. Most like people I know would be in this work. Do you know, like, but I also then know plenty of people on different fields to realize it's not. And I meet enough clients to realize it's not mainstream. Like, mm. do you know, like, so I think it is something that's more prevalent when we're in this space because there's also that fear of being judged for it. Yeah, 100%. Do you know, like, yeah. or that sense of, well, it's a little bit far out there, like, and maybe people that are close to us maybe don't understand really what it is about. Mm. And then how do we reconcile that within ourselves? Like, because it can be attached so much to our worth, our lovability, all mm. of our little insecurities, like, and also in a sense, that little part of, my God, am I going to end up, you know, isolated on my own? Mm. What's your first initial thoughts on it? Well, you know, I mean, there's so many parts to this, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of the times what really what we're facing sort of when, when others kind of express their their concern or, you know, what we would maybe feel like lack of others, like support, I suppose, 
is I think an expression of someone else's beliefs around these different things. So mm. I think entrepreneurship, um, being in business, you know, has its own reputation. And we talk about, you know, support from families there. You talk also about, you know, intergenerational support. So there might be people who are a generation ahead of us, you know, and their whole belief system of what they think about business, never mind the holistic side of it, is essentially what what meets us in, in that way. So I think it's also belief system then around the holistic world, you know, this idea of starving artist or, you know, yeah, you can do this as a side job or, you know, but not as a full job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it also, like you said, like I think similar to you, I would have a lot of people around me in real life and then obviously via the ether that are in the holistic field in different, you know, expressions and at different sort of levels of how far their work reaches. So it's sort of normal for me, but it's it's not normal if I think of a lot of my friends because I have a lot of mm-hmm. friends who aren't in the business world and I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who are not in the what we would call holistic world, you yeah. know, and have no interest in that or have their own set of beliefs. So um, I think that's meeting other people's beliefs and i think what can be really helpful is to identify that you know so if somebody mm. if they're not supporting you or they're they're they may be questioning what you're doing is like before we go into the too personal interaction with that is to kind of first and foremost mark that as this is another person's set of beliefs that is coming across and that that they could be truthful they could be you know they could be whatever but it's mm. it doesn't have to be mine it's not necessarily the ultimate truth there might be mm. actually some value in it i think sometimes you know when we push something away from someone else like that's my personal experience whenever i did not want to hear anyone you know say certain things that would have been around sore points where i haven't clarified myself mm. you know either financially or where i'm going in a creative direction or you know, maybe during a time where I felt I wasn't standing on solid foundation. So they, they, those comments hit a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, there can be value in them, even if you don't translate them one to one, you know, but first and foremost, I think to go, you know what, this is, this is really interesting. That's someone else's opinion and meet it at that. I think that can be really helpful. What about you? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. I thought the sentence, I don't need everyone to believe in what I'm doing is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm like, my question would be, but who do I need to believe in it? Like, 100%. Do you know, because that narrows it down more so. And by them not believing, what do I feel maybe I'm losing? Mm. Do you know, like, and then if they did believe me, what does that give me? Like, and can I maybe access that in a different way Mm. without them needing to believe in me? Like, and I think it's, I do think that this here is part of the whole initiation of stepping out to running a business. If it's not maybe in your lineage or you're the first to do it and even amongst your friends. Mm. And then even it's an initiation when you're working in this field as well, like that you've got to go through this sort of flame of fire off, you know, you're c- coming out like, <clears throat> you know, as one of my teachers, John will say, like, he goes, you joined the circus. Do you know, like you ran away from accountancy and you joined what people would consider the circus. Do you know, like, so you've got to, there's a lot of judgment we may place on ourselves around that and how we maybe view the world we are working in as well, as well as then we're maybe expecting a lot of judgment from those who are close and near to us. And sometimes that can be us projecting onto them versus the reality of it. So it's to even explore that there as well. Like, you know, as an, is that really what's going on that way like or is it me already you know nearly preempting it because i have actually got these beliefs myself around this work mm. 
Do you know, like I think maybe it's not good enough. Maybe it's, you know, not strong enough. Maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, maybe it can't, you can't financially support yourself. Maybe it doesn't have longevity in it, whatever it might be. Like, do you know, so to really explore and sort of what's going on internally within all of those there, like, um, because like none of my like friends from home are into this at all. Like, do you know, like, so when I left accountancy, I was literally like, and even like my parents are nowhere at any of this whatsoever and still do not understand what I do, like even all this time later, like, and maybe one and a half, I'd say, of my sisters is kind of into it, like, you know, so to them, I am like this foreign object almost at mm. times. And there's a lot of internal work to do to realize, or a lot of our relationships change because they don't understand, like, so then I have to make peace with that and realize, Maybe they don't need to understand either. Mm-hmm. Do you know like, exactly what I do or to be on this train? And then can I still allow myself to be myself with them? Mm. Do you know, like, yeah. so that I don't put on other cloaks or other faces and play a different role or a different game in a sense when I'm with them? Like, mm. and do I you think, know, like, yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, yeah. go on ahead. Um, I think with that, there is, there is a fine line, right, between sort of dimming your light or being inauthentic and just being you know conscientious or choosing your conversations yes you know like when I'm going home with my family they are supportive and they're always supportive of me but you know they're also they look at me sometimes like yeah, you know yoga was sort of acceptable <laughs> tarot astrology you know there is sort of like this this sort of it's not even a judgment but sort of like a bewilderment mm. you know? like have we lost her maybe again and then you know but then saying that as well, like now having taught yoga for so many years, like they've come on board on that aspect, you know, and I've yeah. had like huge support from from both of my parents as well and, and the extended family. But um, in that whole arena, I think one thing I had to for myself had to learn was to really reconsider what I put on others. Like why, why do others need to make me feel okay with my business venture or my creative Mm. expression or my holistic you know work it's just like if i want to have the freedom of being my true authentic self and have my expression i need to somehow give that to others as well and then there's just a practicality Mm. of going you know without dimming my light but certain conversations that just are not helpful to have in a certain environment you know and then just to to not have these conversations but me still being me you know if someone asks me what I'm doing this is what I'm doing I'm not kind of dimming that down but at the same time I don't need to meet everyone from that from that place either necessarily where I already know that might Mm. be something stimulating in 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 them you know unless I do get every once in a while that rebellious streak that just comes through and I'm like let's see what happens (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I wouldn't recommend to do oh, that necessarily yeah. early days in your business, you know. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. yeah. But I think that to reflect mm-hmm. on why, like, it's not, you know, it's not my mom's job, even though she has supported me, but it's not her job to support me and believe in, in where I'm going here, you know. And it's not my dad's job or my brother's job or even my friend's job for back then, you know. It's like, to me self-employment um soul-led business work you know holistic side for me it's a deep deep inner personal conviction 
And this has more to do with me and that calling or me and that conviction or the, the work I feel like mm-hmm. this is this is where I possibly could be most helpful in the world rather than maybe in marketing or in business what I've studied. Um, that's my truth, you know, and mm-hmm. it is my truth. And I don't need to have someone else necessarily affirming that truth. So doing all of the work around that, I think is so, so helpful because you release someone from that pressure of having to support or approve or, you know, um, I don't know, cheer me on, you know, of course, it's nice to get, you know, cheered on and support. But you know what, if I look back at my life, and that's not just family, that's in general. um, I've learned as much from resistance, you know, as from from approval. So to judge one as better than the other, you know, it's like, of course, the ego likes a comfy little hug from everyone that's around mm-hmm. us and go like, go on there, it's great. But you kind of can look into mm-hmm. other directions from that. But actually, to release anyone from having to cheer me on in what I'm doing, strangely has allowed a lot of people to do the very thing I probably was looking mm-hmm. for in the first place and couldn't get at the time. You know, it comes then naturally, um, mm. maybe later on. And not with mm. everyone either. Mm. No, and it's too, I think sometimes it's interesting to understand too that possibly the way they're reacting, especially if you're, you know, the first couple of years in business and out there, is that they're reacting from their own fears. Like, 100%. Like, I know why my mother and father, like, they didn't react in any way in a sense, but I understand what was going on in their brains. Like, it's like, you've lost, a, you've left a really, and in a sense, lost a really good, pensionable job that would set you up for life mm-hmm. which from their generation is all they ever looked for like mm-hmm. do you know like so why would you do that to go and join a cult in a sense is mm-hmm. what the way they would have seen it like do you know like and then it's the whole and then how are they going to explain it to other people which is all their stuff yeah do you know like that's all their beliefs and their programming and that's not for me to put the salve on then like and fix either that way like but it's to know also over time a lot of it can change naturally when they see you possibly just being happy and I think Do you, you know, know like content in yourself yeah and I found anytime it becomes naturally natural to you like as like the moment when it's not an issue for you anymore it usually stops being the big mm-hmm. issue for others they might not love it but it becomes less inflamed and so that's yeah. something we have control over, right? Making it, making peace with it within ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So it is like learning to like allow them to be as they are while we still continue doing what we really want to be doing. Like, you know, starting our business, running our business, growing our business and whatever field it may be. Like, like I remember like my dad has, like my mom and dad just don't really understand this, which is fine because I don't feel the need to sit down and try and explain it to them either. But it's really interesting over the years watching, you know, I can go home and go, oh, I'm looking for like a certain tree or I'm looking for a certain thing or I'm looking for X, Y, Z. And my father will go looking for it. Like, do you know, like you go, oh, I might know somebody might have that. What do you need it for? And I'm like, you really don't need to know, like sort of thing. Like, I'm just like, just need it for work. Like, and he's like, right. Do you know, like, and so even though he might not understand anything, mm-hmm. there's that level of support. If I need something, I get it. Like, do you know, like, which is really nice. Like, so he learns not to really ask. And sometimes he's inquisitive, but we've learned to bridge in different ways mm-hmm. then as well, like through ancestral work. Like he's all into digging out like photographs and all there. Like, and I'm all into, oh, and I sort of know a little bit more. Do you know, like, or just stories from his childhood and all, like, you know, like, or from he used to fish and all these other bits that you learn to 
bond in different ways, which to me are all my work, but just not in the way that they mm-hmm. see it. Like, because to me, my personal work is such a big part of life. Like, so reconciling all those little threads mm-hmm. are part of being in this business. So they still get to support you, you know, yeah. when you, you know, because that's what it is like, oh, you need it for work. No problem. Like, you know, let me give you a hand with that. And that's exactly sort of the arena where you go, you know, you, does your dad in that moment really need to know it's for this ritual or for for, yeah. for that ceremony, you know, whereas that's when sometimes the details can get in the way of the connection. Yeah. And I think it's it's also bringing it back into what is it that I'm actually looking for and have I given my that to myself? Like, have I approved yeah. of myself, you know? Have I mm. okayed my own vision or am I still, and that's totally fine in that phase actually. And that can sometimes be highlighted by that where we are figuring out whether this is actually what we want to do, you yeah. know? And yeah. so then, then it's also, it's okay to take that on board and go like, okay, I'm still looking for sort of this bouncing back and everyone's energy system works differently. Some of us do need external people to bounce ideas off yeah. right whereas for some of us we're designed to completely work that out within ourselves some know it right away for some of us we gotta you know hang with it for a period of time but there are some of us who who need to bounce it off others and so i think if you feel like you're that type that needs or you're in that phase still of figuring out i'm saying like just choose wisely the people you share those ideas with and this is not against your family or friends but you are about to embark on a huge transition the question is is everyone else around you ready for that transition as well and so Mm -hmm. sometimes they aren't they see that because you're changing you're moving maybe from a stable job into into self-employment or from self-employment in a conventional arena into more holistic expression you know, they, they'll see that anyway, but, you know, maybe you can connect to people that inbounds ideas of people in the industry, who somebody who's already, you know, like yeah. failed, somebody who's already like succeeded in that arena and kind of go like, oh my God, you know what? I'm actually still in the figuring out stage. Is this really what I want to do? And I think in that stage, in my experience, going to people who have had that experience, successfully or like you know successfully by realizing that's not what they want to do having those conversations with those people i think mm-hmm. is much much richer and it's actually much more productive until you're honed in and go no you know what this is actually me this is now just a phase where i'm going how am i going to figure this out logistically in this world you know financially structurally time-wise mm-hmm. and so on and i think from that place you know then you tend to need less of the affirmation of really anyone around you because that inner that inner drive that mm. inner yeah it's like a calling right it's like it's it's like magnetizing towards something if you feel you've been drawn towards something you just go like well this this is so all-encompassing that i don't even have time or energy for anyone else's opinion you know they can have their opinion but they don't affect mm. my sort of direction anymore mm. yeah and like because the person mentioned like you know if your partner doesn't have faith in you like and uh, that can be a hard place to be in it could be that the person's just adjusting to this change also could be that the person is actually being triggered by well if you're going to change all this Mm. amount what does that mean for us for me and i remember chatting to somebody recently and i was just you know we're just chatting about partners relationships and being in this work like and the first thing a lot of people ask me is like you know oh is liam liam's in this work i'm like no he's not like 
you know, like Liam works for a brewery. Like, you know, he'll joke when people go to him, oh, you do the same as Rosie. He goes, yeah, I work with spirits. Like, and I'm like, oh my God, no, not the same kind of spirits at all. You know, and that's been his joke for like 10 years. You can imagine how, I, how funny I find that. But like, he doesn't need to be. <clears throat> but he like, he understands us. He's trained with me in Reiki years ago when we first met. He's come to loads of things with me. He's up for anything. And that's all I ask, like. You know, that he's open and up for, if I'm going, oh, do you want to head here? That he'll go, yeah. I go, no, it's not really my cup of tea. I'm like, fine, I'm going to head off on my own and see this here. But sometimes we've got to have those conversations at some stage with our partners asking why this is important for me. Like, mm. do you know, like, um, what are, like, if we're continuing this sort of growth together and this journey together, what are the, the values for us as a couple moving forward? Like, do you know, like, because it was really important for me to give this a shot this is maybe what I need from you like mm. you know and maybe I don't need your opinions in the first three years like do you know like mm. possibly like but it could be you know setting down sort of that conversation of going why this is important for me to do do you know like and yes it is going to be a growth yes it is going to be meeting edges yes we might not have the same you know sediment coming in every month can we both live with that there? And I think it's sometimes time for those honest conversations rather than us trying to mind read each other because that, like, more than likely our partner is just maybe fearful as well. Like, do you know, like, and then you have two people who are fearful in different ways and then sort of holding back, sort of stepping into it or putting your full self into it. So I think it's like allowing sort of a reshifting of values around that as well. Like, mm. do you know, like, of us as a couple now, maybe something has shifted within me that going out every Friday night or doing XYZ doesn't interest me anymore but this does like mm. and therefore that shakes the foundations of somebody else's habits yeah. and their no way of being so then it's like what do we need to come back to the same page like mm. do you know I know a lot of people just go to their partner like say to the partner right well like give me this five years like you know give me three years do you know like let me just ply away at this here do you know like, because it'll take time for it to grow and evolve Mm. You know, like, and I need to do this because if I don't, do you know, like, you're going to maybe be sitting across the room with a lesser version of me, like, mm. do you know, like, with a part of me that can't get to express this part of myself that is so, so fundamental to who I am. Mm. Do you know, like, so I think sometimes it's to consider, are we willing to give up those parts of ourselves to keep the peace in a sense? Mm. Yeah, and I think, I mean... Open and honest conversations are so important and also question ourselves because, you know, the way that question was phrased as well, he doesn't, this, wondering whether he doesn't support me, there's still, I think, a difference as well in loved ones, not, there's a difference between not supporting us or not supporting the new, new work. You know, and mm. especially in a soul-led business, because our work mm. is so close to our heart, we can take this very personal and go like, that person doesn't actually support yeah. me as a human being, which can be the case in some situations, you know, and so definitely have conversations around that to feel into if that's the case. But I think mm. if it's a long-standing relationship, a lot of the times it's not that the person doesn't want to support you, but it's actually the, por the person can't see your dream because it's not... It's not that person's mm -hmm. dream, it's your dream, right? So they don't have your vision, they don't have your longing. So it's like, it's also like, have I actually communicated that well enough to the person I'm living with, for example, how how relevant this is to my, my existence, to how close mm -hmm. to my core this really is. And then also I'm, you know, I do think it's respectful when you have joint funds 
when you're in a relationship where you you know you know whichever way the the money situation and mm. the time situation plays in whichever way you split sort of the togetherness in the mundane world of a relationship mm. to it's not about asking for approval but to let the other person in on that you know so yeah giving it a time frame or giving it a talking through it in terms of you know you never know maybe the other person is worried about their income maybe there there's some rumors going in their company about you know they're letting people off we don't know because we don't always share everything mm. with everyone so something that can that be like a, a very faint worry on on our partner's behalf can become then all of us on this blown up fear when they hear us like okay we're moving out of stability you know or maybe they're exhausted and they go like maybe there's an anticipation or an expectation or a hope that they've never voiced that like we step into you know yeah. sort of back into going 50 50 or wherever wherever that sort of split is because they're kind of running really thin so i think having conversation around that is really really important and then also mm -hmm. i think it's never we talked about this before all or nothing you know sometimes this this it's so romanticized it's like i'm going in full on in this new dream you know and and it's almost sort of depicted sometimes if you're not doing this full time full throttle and have the plan and go yeah. straight for it that you're somehow not committed enough to your mm. your dharma your calling i think i think a lot of that is bs in my opinion yeah. you know it's so so different for every individual so having a conversation with your partner as well around you know um, what other options are there? Because when you, when we take sort of the fear aspect aside, so it could be lit, lighting up fears in the other person, you know, but it could be also in a loving relationship. Sometimes our partner knows ourselves better than we do or aspects of ourselves that so they can, like, I know that's for sure. I know Jody knows before I run empty, before I even think about running empty. He just can tell the signs over the years, you know. So depending on what relationship you're in, maybe your partner has some concerns about about you. And, you know, and this is the way he communicates it. So, you know, this again, having a conversation around what is the reason actually behind it. And, mm -hmm. and that requires as well for us to be clear enough when we go into a conversation to not have sort of pressure on the other person or expectations on the other person, how they need to perform in that. You know, how can we create a safe space in that conversation with our partner? We go like, okay, if we're putting all the cards down, no one judges anyone for anything. Mm -hmm. And we literally like bear our heart and souls and our emotional body and our fears. And we put it all on the table and we're not picking that up two weeks later and throwing it at each other. Mm. We're taking that and, you know, we're trying as two adult beings to, to me, it's, to me, it's such a creative point, you know, in a relationship because it's like mm. there's an opportunity to do this whole thing in a new way that might actually serve both of us better. But if that conversation is not been had, it, it, it's it's the fears and, and mm. all the subliminal messaging that are running the running the show. And that's just tiring and awkward. And that can just really mm. like tire out a relationship as well. Whereas I would look at it more like, do you know what? This is this is an opportunity to look at things in a different way. And let's just keep putting things on the table until we have come up with a creative new solution that, you know, makes room for your needs and that makes room for my needs and not buying into this either or, you know, if I get yeah. to do this, you need to buckle into that. You know, I think, thankfully, come back to the point you had earlier on that our parents' generation had completely different circumstances. Thankfully, we are living in times mm. where 
there are totally different ways and means of of making an income or supplementing our income and yeah. um and tapping into that you know the possibilities mm-hmm. yeah i think it's like considering like how can we make this work like yeah. do you know like asking if i'm shifting that there and i'm maybe leaving full-time secure work into this how do we make it work from the ground up like you know definitely the finances but day to day do you know like you know will i see you will i not <clears throat> am i gonna be working all weekends and you're not do you know like even all those little simple things like but it's just being willing to have the honest conversation mm-hmm. like but definitely setting the the tone for the conversation before starting the conversation like mm-hmm. this is not where we're going to point fingers at each other and go well you didn't do the dishes last week or you won't be able to do those or do 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 but ask them okay this is what's really going on with me this is what I'm really concerned about or worried about or you know whatever it might be because then you're actually getting to really hear from the person and you're maybe getting to hear yourself as well like mm-hmm. and maybe voice that more than like certain concerns you might be concerned about as well like mm-hmm. so then you can meet on that level playing field and start to find out so how can this work like mm-hmm. do you know like because i think we sometimes just go into either or or worst case scenarios or we spend all our time thinking what the other person's thinking versus just asking like which can be hard i know that way like but it'll be far easier than what you think it might be as mm-hmm. well like not well like and we're working as well a little bit against, you know, our nervous system and against sort of the cavemen thinking that we still all have in us, ingrained in us. You know, our our job is just so close, closely connected to survival. So there yeah. is, you're really at that threshold between thriving and surviving, you know, and they're connected at that end because this idea of thriving, of following your purpose, of living like that, which also in a way needs to pay the bills and, you know, get food on the table and all these very mundane things. On the other hand, you have that part of your nervous system that goes like, you know, survival, 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 because it is your income and it is your food and Mm -hmm. that is connected to shelters. So there might be conversations around, you know, mortgage or rent or are we saving up for something? Because, you know, maybe we have even committed to something that we kind of forgot that we said like years ago, you know, we's like, do you know what? I'd love like a home with you here or this and that with you. And so maybe our partner feels like we're abandoning that dream and replacing it with a new dream. Mm. And maybe we have forgotten about that commitment. So conversations like that can bring us all on the same page, you know, and like, you know what, this is sort of, this is, I haven't forgotten about that. This is what's really pulling on me right now. How can we all how can we integrate all those components so they actually work together? So in a way, it is, it's an opening up to each other. Um, and I think how we how we enter that conversation, how we show up, and how open we truly are to the other person's opinion can really show that other person as well a different side of us. You know, so it can be this this incredible bonding ground where somebody mm-hmm. goes like, wow, I've never seen you this open, this grounded, this considerate, you know, on a topic that's so close to your heart, you know. Okay. So when we're not defensive or in a way defending our dream by sort of attacking even energetically the other person, you know, because sometimes we go in a conversation mm-hmm. without even having said anything where the other person can already sense you're just there to drive home your point. But if we can go into a conversation where we're truly open, that usually lets the other person's boundaries down as well against around this survival and, you know, how we put food on the table and, you know, it's sort of mass love, you know, it's like where you're mm. 
your needs have to be covered before thriving. And I think these are very honest conversations and important conversations. And I think no visualization, spiritualization around these make them go away. And think, in fact, this is when we, we always talked about, you know, this is where sort of the energy work, the rubber meets the ground. It's mm -hmm. where your spirituality really comes into play. It's not about in a yoga room or in a Reiki session or, you know, creating that business. It's like, how how are you living those principles right here in your family? Yeah. You know, and I think right. what we learn from there, if you're in a soul-led business, you can pass on, you know, in your teachings. That will naturally, yeah. you know, spiral out to others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then to keep faith strong in yourself, I think is just to, mm. part of it is remembering why, mm -hmm. you know, why you've taken that, the courageous step of stepping into something new, deciding to follow a soul-led path, deciding to maybe step into entrepreneurship, deciding to put yourself out there and visible and vis into visibility even, mm. um, you know, like all the things that have sort of made you decide why you wanted this to really remember sort of that vision or that part of you that goes, I really want to give this a shot. I really feel like this is a part of me that wants to be expressed in the greater world. Like, do you know, like, and I do think having even little places or people or little pockets where you can go to where you have little cheerleaders in a sense, like, do you know, like, whether it's just friends, don't need to be in this world, but people who can go, yeah, go for it. Why not? Like, you know, like if you want to run something by me, do you know, like where they don't go, oh, I don't think that will work, but allow you that space of just being heard or sharing or where they are like cheering you on going, yeah, give it a shot, like mm. try it. Do you know, like I might be able to point you in directions or know things or whatever it might be. So you don't feel sort of so possibly isolated or this little island all to yourself. Like, and like, I think it's to remember that I think everyone goes through that phase mm -hmm. more than once possibly off this journey as well like so to know that you're, you're not alone it's just a shifting of roles and dynamics and identities which usually will have knock-on effects little dominoes on everybody else as well like and it is a space too to take that time to do your personal work as well because it is rich for that I think mm. do you know like of what am I needing from them like do you know, like, because maybe if my parents didn't only show really love and presence and, you know, really care, like, I feel they only care for me when I am, you know, at the top of my game or doing that work or doing the family business or whatever it is, then I have to do the healing work around, then my worth isn't attached to that anymore. Like, and even sort of learning to separate yourself from your business in a sense, mm -hmm. as in how they feel about my business is not how they feel possibly about me. Like, do you know, like that they're two separate things. Like, so I think taking that space for reflection is really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, sometimes it helped me to break down the different aspects of, you know, keeping faith in, 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 in what, you know, keeping faith in, in my vision, keeping faith in my, the business side of thing, keeping faith in myself, you know, so sometimes you know who are the people that are really helping you to hold a clear vision and mm -hmm. there might be different people in real life or in on the other side of the veil or you know across the ether and in the web um 
they might be completely different to the people that help you keep a clear vision financially in your business plan. Mm -hmm. And that might be, again, different people who keep you very clear in your, you know, your inner purpose, your personal purpose, you know, why you're here on this planet and to keep unfolding that. So there are different layers I found. And um, Mm -hmm. I've never worked just with one person or realm in that way i go to at different times to different places Mm. for different needs and to also within that how to keep faith in oneself i think to really really important to remember it's absolutely normal to have massive doubt it's absolutely normal to you know fall off the wagon or whatever they they call it you know it's like it's almost built in you 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 Mm. have to and that doesn't mean you necessarily have lost faith in yourself or it doesn't mean like your business is failing it's like that's part of this whole process is to to have experience to go oh this is how it feels when i'm off camp you know off 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 sort of direction Mm. and then sort of climbing climbing back on um it's like i sometimes like it to this idea of you know people have this idea of meditation sometimes as everything is so peaceful very few of my meditations feel very peaceful <laughs> you know and it's it's this idea of there's a lot of thinking going on and in between those thoughts when i'm when i'm lucky there are these gaps these moments these little pauses you know that you've been gifted so you could discredit a meditation session just because you had like a really super busy mind, you know, but no, no, that's the whole part. It's the, you sat down and you had a conversation with, or you had witnessed what was going on within you. And then there's some meditation sessions where you just, you do sit down and time disappears and you didn't realize you sat there for half an hour, you know? Um, and I think keeping faith in oneself is very similar. There can be these crosswinds coming in of doubt or, you know, sometimes also where an external force, like, you know, like some bills coming in and you go like, oh shit, didn't include them. Like thinking about that now going forward, that might not even work. So I have to readjust a few figures and things, you know, but that doesn't mean that it's doomed to fail. You know, I think, I think, it's about rephrasing and reframing how we think about business and, mm. and, and, and our work in that is if we think of this as a still point, just the way you think of balancing as a still point, that's not what balance is. That's not what business is. Balance, if you're stepping into balance, you're constantly, your body constantly goes beyond points. It goes beyond and comes back and beyond. And there's a constant adjustment. So I think of business in a very similar way. It's like the creative expression that can always alter and adjust to some extent, you know, um, and wave. But that in that waving, there's a lot of creative unfolding possible. So, you know, um, that can sometimes help as well to keep faith in oneself that you just literally go okay Mm. it's not something stiff that i'm holding on to it's not like i'm not drawing a line in the sand you know i'm allowed to wave and that's part of it and Mm. i have not come across one business owner that hasn't had serious doubt about what they're doing you know Mm. it's really just about what am i doing with that who am i going to it how am i processing that i think that's more so but it's important to know because when you're new to it you might actually think there's something wrong mm. well, it's very easy like I think I spent the first few years going I was going to stop all this and head back to accountancy like do you know like and even, even though I'm, I'm like way long out of accountancy the bad days going maybe I should just go back to something else like you know like and I think that's just part normal of it like and usually we're meeting our edges at those places too like where we're being invited just to 
grow a little, expand a little mm. in whatever way we're maybe thinking, visioning, holding ourselves, holding the space or how we're sharing our work. Like, but it's to know it's, it's like it's ebbs and flows and it's like those lovely little memes you get sent around where, you know, this is what everybody thinks business looks like. The little arrow goes upwards and then they go, this is really what it is. And it's like literally a ball of nut and wool with three other balls of nut and wool that you'll never untangle in all of your life. Like, yeah. you know, and that's in a sense the beauty of it too. Like, is that hopefully it doesn't get stale either. Like, mm. do you know, like, so it's to know you're not alone in that boat um, and to find sort of your own little support team, whether it's physical spiritual even a mix of all of that or little role models who you sort of can just sort of vision that can help you you know some people have their little council I can't remember who it was used to chat about they'd have a little council and it would be like all of you know like Hector Casey and it would be all like you know f- famous people who are dead and that's who they'd have conversations with I can't remember I can't remember who it is but I thought it was really interesting mm. so it wasn't even like you know Joe from down the road or whoever mm. or my ancestors it was like they pick the best of the best and then they go and have conversations with them like you know, so there's loads of little ways of finding support that if we can't get it sort mm. of on our doorstep as well yeah. and for me for me personally there's something about feeling something viscerally so you know to have times in my in my week or my month or my year that I you know that it go away, you know, even that was even while we were still pre-COVID, full flow of teaching. And there were always times where it just disappeared for a couple of months of, of, of teaching. And sometimes I combined it with traveling and there were really times for me to do deep soul searching. So having having times where you go, it doesn't have to be months, you know, that's like super privileged as well in that way. Um, but it's just, it can be just at some point throughout the day to move out of that, that fear pattern or the texture of that overstimulation, whether it's taking a bath or whatever works for you, meditation, breath work, yoga nidra, you know, your Reiki practice. It, it, mm. it doesn't really, it doesn't matter what it is, but to come to that still point, And I think so much about having faith is to, to keep that connection on an inner level of, to that question why am I here not necessarily having the answer very rarely mm. do I get a clear answer <laughs> but that that questioning of like right so let's just put all like that energy of putting out fires constantly a little bit to the side and mm. finding that stillness and going like what's this all about because if this is this is this is our time here giving on this planet right of all the choices that are available to me like what is it that I really want to do and to stay in conversation with that question and that quietness. And the more you do that, the more you can re-engage with all the energy of putting out the fires. You know, it's like when you when you tap off and off into meditation, a quiet spot, then you can bring a little bit of that when you're about to freak out because the, the till at the supermarket is just so busy and you're there for the next 20 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can tap, you can, your body remembers a little bit of that, that way of being. And to me, that's a visceral experience of having a connection to something, something bigger that to me is really important. And I work a lot from, from that place. So it's not necessarily so much from the brain aspect you know the language mm-hmm. or the thinking but it's like it's a feeling in the body that i actually find really hard to give give language to but i know when that's present and i know when i'm aligned mm-hmm. with that so that might just help some people as well when it comes mm-hmm. to keeping faith mm. Mm, lovely lovely um i think we have time for another little question <laughs> um this one here too i think will 
everybody will resonate with this in some way. Um, how do you be authentic? <clears throat> Excuse me. How do you be authentic? What does that mean? And the whole fear thing by putting yourself out there more on social media, Facebook, etc. So how do you be authentic? What does that even mean? And then putting yourself out there. And I think they all, That's a those parts question, sort of right? yeah. tie in together. Yeah. What comes to your mind when you think of authenticity? I'm like, there's, there's so much landing. I like, I need a moment to organize. <laughs> my being authentic to me is just being yourself. Mm. Warts and all. Mm. Do you know, like, um, just being ourselves, showing up as ourselves, um, not sort of putting on the little faces and the masks or the words or the ways of being that we think people want, um, or the things that we think will sell, um, or trying to be somebody else. Mm. Do you know, like, I think it's really like, it's like, to me, being authentic is a continuous, lifelong journey of really getting to know yourself and then how you want to express certain parts of yourself. Because I think also when it comes to social media and all there, like, it's your choice. You do not need to show all of yourself on social media. Like, mm, do you know, like every part of your living life, unless that's really fills you up and satisfies you and you love that there. Like, do you know, to me, I'm like, I have no interests. I just have no interest that way. Like, you know, like, so it's, it depends on your own sort of your own needs and all there, like of how you want to be. So to me, it's about taking your power back and deciding I get to interact with these things in whatever way I want. But being authentic, like, I think it comes back to some of those things, you know, we were chatting about in the last time about what other people will think that will get, that's what gets in the way. So oh, will my neighbor be looking at this or, mm. oh my God, will my, my parents see this? And I go, what happens if that goes viral and they see it like, do you know, or and, like, you know, that putting myself out there, mm. do you know, like, and we all have, I've yet to meet anybody who does that so effortlessly unless they've trained in acting and all because they just have that ability to, you know, put on a different persona, not in a fake way, but embody themselves and they just have that skill of stepping out in front of people. Most of mm. us have not stepped out in front of people. Like, I don't think I'd stepped out in front of people since I'd done a fashion when I was eight years old. Like, you know, you know, like, so we're not used to putting ourselves out there because when we, I think with some people, when we think we're putting ourselves out there, we think we're putting our, our whole self out mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. to be judged mm -hmm. is usually the word will come to it. Or we have that deep ingrained ancestral generational healing of we're going to all be like, thrown in the water to see if we float or not sort of job mm -hmm. like do you know like the sort of the trials or we're, we're we're going to be ostracized yeah do you know like i think there's so many deep-rooted fears in it like as well as things like you know were we allowed to express ourselves while we were growing up mm. do you know like what were we told about maybe our voice our way of holding ourselves our way off expressing ourselves were we told we were too much were we not given room for that there do you know like were we told to be quiet do you know like were we told oh god you're too loud or that accent's not good or do you know like or you you don't have the the face you know somebody once told me years ago one of my good friends said you have a really good voice for radio and i was like that makes no fucking sense whatsoever but okay <laughs> do you know like where else you could take those as real insults and go well i shouldn't maybe show my face anywhere mm. there's so many layers to it mm. and i think it's one that like it's it's such a juicy one and i wish i could sit here and go i've that all solved but i do not <laughs> yeah. well i think 
authenticity also means like getting in touch with who you actually are mm. and we're so dimensional as humans and we're also constantly unfolding and growing and evolving so this i you know authenticity to me in that way means that in some shape of way our external expression actually needs to change over a lifetime mm. and it doesn't mean necessarily our job or relationships but how we interact with life if that is the very very same in every aspect then you know as like when we were 21 to me then mm. you know like i've never met someone i just as 21 was like so honed in and like <laughs> this is all there is of me that's like my true and full and complete self and conscious of that yeah. and bring that so authenticity to me invokes change over time but not the kind of forced change and also not to me authenticity while it can invoke a sense of you know fear and we having to put ourselves out there but when you take everyone else away and just you and your own authenticity it's a homecoming to me it mm. is a sense of ease in the body it's not always easeful when you carry that then into your day but starting starting there how does it feel like being me pulling out old photos of ourselves and over the over the years and starting yeah. to relate to how we see ourselves and then when we have a physical practice i think is really helpful to again having this visceral experience how does it feel being me in space you know how does it feel being me when i'm tense how does it feel being me when i'm joyful like how does it feel being me that's another layer that kind of comes in so there is a sense and authenticity i feel like that has a lot of can have a lot of ease to it or i would say when you're in authenticity deeply with yourself it's actually a sense of contentment of ease of having arrived in that moment in time now carrying that into your day i think that authenticity work is actually counterbalancing and acting and healing all the layers of generational judgment because mm. when you look back at society uh, you know there were heads that were rolling quite literally you know and depending on where we are within in all of these lines what we have learned where our parents our great grandparents have learned and so on down the generations mm -hmm. like what of that fear of judgment and then at the same time also what layers of judgment live within me you know because it's not like half of the population is judgy and the other half is receptive of the judgment we all have both within ourselves we have judgment in ourselves and the fear of judgment and with the fear of judgment there is an a dimming down of our authenticity so there is an invitation to start looking at our own judgment towards others towards ourselves and as we start healing that component i think then there is also a greater chance to bring that authenticity through but on a collective scale i think authenticity and judgment i i always see like that is this energetic connection of how they trigger each other and how they can bring healing to each other which is really going forward you know and individually and collectively is like how do we how do i want to live my life personally and how do we want to live our lives collectively do you want to live it out of fear fear of being judged fear of what might happen or we're at this peak point for humanity where we are being invited to sort of flip that over slowly and start in small ways and collective change can always only happen personal change so where is that within me where i start giving 
a little more way to the authenticity side and start really healing and 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 dissolving my own judgment that I have on everyone like we all have tons of judgment right even around like something mundane as a telly show or like a Netflix series or you know I like that I don't like that I love that yoga teacher don't really like her and like that's all well and good but that's to understand that's our opinion our judgment it's not the absolute truth so going through life and looking at all those moments where we are judging others whether we say it out loud or less because that's our work where we can put where we're potentially contributing to taking someone else's authenticity down so in all of that to me authenticity is less like the force of having to bring something new into the world and it's way more for me connected with with a sense of feeling a nervous system that's balanced feeling a sense of being home in myself and having that in ever more uh, you know situations going forward and out into the world this like brings an element of safety like yeah <clears throat> do i feel safe to be the expression of my true self and like true self it sounds you know, like we're teaching your true self and connect your true self and all there like and that's the whole point of healing like mm. is to allow ourselves to reveal to ourselves bit by bit our true nature or true self like which has been covered up and constricted and limit limited in so many different ways through life itself like do you know like so it sounds so easy but in a sense it's to me it's like the core of the work like mm. do you know like and it's also to maybe consider you know like what is the pressure i'm putting on myself to be authentic like mm. do you know or what is the pressure i'm putting myself on how i i maybe think i should be showing up like the shoulds like do you know, like, well, I, I, I need to have something profound to say every day. Like, I need to be posting 3,000 times a day. I need to, you know, live in the big house with the swimming pool, except, you know, what are all the, these big pressures that we're putting on ourselves? Mm-hmm. Like, and then what would it look like to actually maybe just be authentic without even thinking of, you know, putting myself out there, social media sharing or anything else? What does being authentic mean just in my day to day while I'm with myself? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Do you know, like, because can I get comfortable in that space? Mm. Because chances are I might not be. Do you have a, the question of authenticity often does relate to, yes, putting ourselves out there and the social mm. media sharing our mm. beliefs or what we perceive to be in the world and all there. Like, you know, but it also, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll come back to, do you know, like, I, do I feel I'm an expression of that and not in a perfect way because there is no perfect way like it's going to be messy authenticity is messy as anything do you know like because we're we're learning we're like little kids stepping into it tripping on our arses falling on our back ends like and we get up again and go okay let's have another little go at this mm-hmm. like do you know like so it's, can I explore my own inner space and see what does that mean to me like do I feel I'm allowing myself just to be me while I may be just in my own space with myself? Do you know, like, and then maybe checking in, maybe when I'm meeting with a family member or a friend. And that doesn't mean we have to sit with our placards and all of our beliefs and start throwing them across dinner tables. Do you know, a lot of it comes down to discernment, but do I feel comfortable in myself? Mm. That even in this space that I can still be myself in whatever situation it is. Like, mm. But I think sometimes we're often feeling a lot of pressure to be or to show up in certain ways mm. when we're beginning to maybe step onto social media and all there. Like, so I think in one of the episodes, we, like we were saying, like, you know, you get to choose what that relationship is like. Mm. 
do you know like and to know yes I'm hiding from it for now and that's fine do you know like or I would like to get on it but I just don't have the energy for that at the minute you know or whatever it is there but to also go actually I get to decide what way I show up in this like Mm. and maybe just to take you know to me it's like seeing it as play that maybe you just record things just for you Mm. do you know like you get used to hearing your own voice like Nobody likes really hearing their own voice that much, like, you know, or that initial part of getting over that hump of, oh my God, like, you know, I sound like this or I sound really funny. Do you know, like, or you have all the little taglines. That's if you're me, you've got 3,000 of them. Do you know, like, and you learn to live with those little things, the mm-hmm. imperfections with it, because it's not about going up and being nearly like in an elocution lesson where you're pronouncing all your O's, your P's or whatever. Like, do you know, it's your energy is coming out. That's the most important thing, I think. And yeah. all of the authenticity is that it's your energy that really is speaking to people. And yes, your words carry your energy and your visuals can carry your energy. But maybe you can play with other ways of what would it look like to show up authentically in a way that feels really good for me? Yeah, I think and maybe I never post a picture of myself. Yeah, I think that's such and an of other things. That's such an important yeah. aspect. And I think that's where sometimes some points in the, the holistic spiritual world, I feel like <laughs> I want to want to need to point out is just you know authenticity and manifestation i don't know if it's just triggering me sometimes but i'm like when people tell you how to manifest and to not just how to manifest but what you kind of should manifest right there's always this subliminal message with the sun the house here a certain amount of income it's sort of sometimes it's said sometimes it's in the set in, in, in the music behind it sometimes it's in the the visuals that you see but there's constantly a subliminal messaging of you know sign up for my course and i teach you how to manifest because these are the you know the house the boat the car the the fill in the blanks Mm. is what you truly want you know and i'm like well that has not so much to do with authentic manifestation and it's more so reminds me of that that other patriarchal living that we've been subjected to and taken part in for such a long time you know so it is really gaining clarity and and that's where authenticity it's the other side it's not just all comfortable but that's also where it takes courage to go like the person you talked about a few episodes before and says like do you know i set a certain income and when i've reached that when I, if i reach in september mm. i close shop if i reach in july i close shop you know, I work until I have exactly what I need, not minimum, but what I need. And that's how I live my life. So understanding that in our in our sense of business as well, you know, in a soul-led business, if you kind of pivot into that arena, it's like there's a unique opportunity to create your business exactly the way you want it. You know, so as a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want to be like some of these yoga teachers, travel the world and that's beautiful, go for it. But there's a chance that you might find that you might, you just don't like packing a bag or you just don't enjoy actually, like, do you really enjoy mm-hmm. teaching to random people all the time? If you do go for it, but if you don't really consider that in your business plan, you know, um, for, for a long time, people always say like, when are you opening your studio? And like, because I had a studio years ago, but it was in a different country. So a lot of people mm. didn't didn't know about that. And what I've learned in running the studio, and that was a totally different story how I got to the studio. I actually didn't want the studio, but the space sort of, and someone was like, somebody needs to put a studio there. 
you can teach do you want to do that um but what i actually learned in in running a studio for me is like yes i have the business background i've been a yoga teacher and i've been like working with and for business and studios in a long time like that was kind of me going back to my business days i actually personally don't enjoy so much i can do it but i don't enjoy so much the marketing and i, I found myself mm. marketing other people's workshops where i was like i actually want to teach that workshop or at least go to that workshop you know so what sometimes is projected as you know in some fields these are classes and workshops retreats and you have a studio whilst this might be the perfect path for somebody mm. it is not the path for everyone so when we're talking about soul-led business really question not just what you want in business but how do you want to live your life you know do you want to have room for kids do you want to travel i mean with your kids that could be an amazing opportunity or you're like no like i kind of once i am setting up my business so i can be there and with my kids in one place and grow a farm and you know mm. self-sufficiency or whatever your your dream is for some of you, you might go like you don't have to be self-employed to to, to to do this full-time do you know you know that that's your choice you go like no i have my day-to-day -day job that covers my bills and i get to run my business without any of those overheads and headaches so there's so much room for that so when we talk about authentic living authenticity has a lot to do with our willingness to question to question mm. what we see to question norms to question our own shoulds our own fears um other people's ideas respectfully so but question them all and question them regularly and i think to me authenticity is always again it's never having an answer it's not a fixed thing mm it's it's the engagement with the questions it's like what is that i really yeah. want who is it that i really am at this point in time mm. yeah, yeah somebody asked me a question recently what was it what was my i think it was my destiny's call mm. and i was like hey it was a very interesting time to ask me because <laughs> i'm in an autumn phase of life and wonder do you know but i was sitting going to me really it is to be to allow the expression of what i am and who i am at whatever stage of my life to come through the creative expression of that in whatever form it wants. Mm. Do you know, like, so it's even letting go off. It has to be under Ricky. It has to be under Seamus. Yeah. And it has to be under this way. Like, do you know, like, it has to be, you know, in the way I've run my business in the past. It it has to, you know, be workshops. It has to be this or whatever it is. Like, to me, it's about the expression of myself outside of my work as well as in my work. Like, mm -hmm. do you know, like, so creating space for the things that are just for me. Like, do you know, like, and, so much, so much of my work, my internal work is so private because it's ceremonial, it's energetic, and I don't want to share it with people because also that energy doesn't want to be shared. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we forget that we're in a relationship with our practices, our tools, and they're not all there to be harvested. Do you know, like asking, like, it's this, I'm doing this, so now I'm going to take a picture of it and share it with everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I like, I'm like, that's fine. And I have no problem. It's not a judgment. I'm like, that's perfect. But for me, I'm like, this is mine. I am holding energy. I am creating a container, a cauldron for myself to move through something or to grow something or to experience something, to let something go. For me then to put that out straight away, to me, it messes with the energy of it. Like, mm. do you know, like, so I'm just like, this, this is mine. Or I'll ask certain things like that. Maybe I've written, you know, does that want to be shared? I enter into engagement with what's being created. Do you want to be shared yet? Hell no. Do you know, like, and then six months later, I might post about something that I wrote. 
fucking a year, two years ago, like, and it's going, yeah, now, now, do you know, because the, the work that I've done on it has maybe come to completion and it's ready to be released. And, you know, and most of my inspiration comes when I'm walking and I can never, and I'm going to be very honest, I can never be arsed to take a picture, record it, write it or anything else. I'm like, if it stays, it stays. And if it goes, it goes. And usually it'll always go. But I go, that's fine. Like, do you know, like, so it's going, you know, how much of my life and everything I do ends up having to be harvested is the word I would use nearly like, mm. do you know, versus being just for me. Yeah. Because isn't that why I started this? Is for myself first. Like everything I've learned as a self-practice that I then have the beauty through learning to share with other people. Like, And with that, you know, we think of authenticity so much about what are the things, right? Or the expressions. But there's also authenticity to your timeline. So am I authentically engaging with when things are ripe for me? So mm. for some of us, certain things are ripe early on in life and other lessons come way later. And then, you know, I'm, I'm currently looking at a lot of, you know, artists and people who came way later into their what we would call mm. dharma or their their famous part or their expression but that's just the part we see right but i'm really fascinated with with people who sort of it's not even reinventing themselves but it's an unfolding of their authenticity mm. for some people they engage in business when they're in their 50s you know we locally have someone that opened up a coffee shop here and she's in her mid 50s and i think that's 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 just so interesting and she wasn't she never thought she would want to run a business mm -hmm. and she was in in the medical uh, system for 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 many many years in different capacities and she's like you know what at this point in my life i actually just wanted a different a different flavor a different tone i've always been fascinated with like high quality coffee and you know so like when you go there you get the, the whole story where the coffee comes from and you know and everything is even if mm. you get tea it's like you get the right temperature water with each tea and you know you clack and it's it's it's, it's beautiful mm. uh, but you can see her passion in that and i think sometimes we feel like there's a rush to to something right it's like mm -hmm. how quickly can i find my dharma lock it in as a profession and then you know and, and then i'm there so these days like we still run the same mechanisms that we have in the patriarchy years ago mm. but we just replaced the names with it so it used to be you know i don't know a certain profession maybe a lawyer a banker want to be you know this and nowadays we just instead of that we just slid in dharma you know or you know any other sort of spiritual names that we're racing towards and i'm like what what's the rush you know that's the other thing that we got a question and mm. and also do we equate authenticity with fame or with money or mm. with do you know because this is also Numbers. what's yeah that's also what's been sold to yeah. us because again once we understand the working mechanism we can work and engage with them but a lot of businesses and a lot of social media aspects are about you feeling fearful or inferior or needing give me this give me that you know mm. there's a marketing like i studied the thing as a type of marketing that's elevating as a type of marketing a purely place to to fears you know um like there's a reason why the chocolatey things on the tails on the way out <laughs> you know psychologically <laughs> it's like at that point you're probably worn mm. out tired and if you have children with you they had enough they will want to buy that so that's not necessary because you go oh i want to bring that home it's 
build to your level of emptiness. Mm. And this is not that the supermarkets are bad, you know, but it's like we need to be aware that there are like I have a friend of mine who's who's a yoga teacher now, but she studied psychology and she was working for one of the big mm. Kellogg's or one of those as a psychologist in their That's field. So interesting. Yeah. And to understand that, we just need to know that. And she was at some point like, I can't do that anymore. You know, that was a, a conversation with her authenticity at some point, you know, and that wasn't going, that wasn't going to fly with teaching like deep soulful yoga work that she was doing at the same time. So, you know, at some point that had to kind of change for her. Um, but w- when we're aware of that, that stuff like that flies to us all the time, whenever we open our eyes and something can market it to us, there's a reason why betting companies are on footballers t-shirts you know why mcdonald's is sponsoring the olympics like we just got to question that a little bit and even if we're not feeling personally tacked on that it's in the peripheries and so we're in a field of where the world just gets money from us wanting authenticity and feeling we're mm-hmm. not us and we need some external thing to prove that so i think with this whole authenticity less is more coming back home into yourself and starting to remember that you actually know who you are. You know, you don't need 500 mm. yoga classes. Like they're, 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 you know, like they are helpful, but there's no yoga teacher out there that can tell you who you are. There is no spiritual guide that can tell you what your authenticity is. I would highly question if someone goes, come to me and I tell you exactly what it is. Like mm. I do do astrology soul sessions but I would never, ever dream of being in a position telling someone what their purpose, dharma point in life is. Like, you know, we're all human beings. We're talking about something bigger here. So I think that with authenticity is also just something to question where you go, am I being pulled into something here? Or is is actually less, more, in, you know, do I need maybe just less work or less money? Or do I, you know... Mm need less courses to participate in and i'm just like maybe i'm already feeling actually okay if i'm truly am you know honest with myself you know there's always room for growth but i think authenticity is something really difficult to tap into from a fear-based or a lack mentality at least in my experience authenticity is something we get a feel for when we look at a sunset or i get it when we're in the mountains and i'm snowboarding and there's just this massive nature around me they're the moments where i'm like the magnitude i'm alive i get to be here where i get to go into the layers you know um rare very rarely i would say almost never that out of a like you know out of a fear base that all of some all of a sudden something's like oh yeah that's my truest expression so we are just some pointers when maybe when maybe just to be mindful of Mm-hmm. Um, when you've been pulled away from it or sold something to on a disguise of find your authentic self, right? Mm. And not all yeah. offerings are raw, like, you know, I don't want to say that not all offerings are necessarily fear-based in that way either, you know, mm. but just to question what does it do to you and your nervous system? Yeah, yeah, lovely. And the little fear part, the fear of putting yourself out there. It'll just take a few minutes if you want to sort of just sort of share like, if somebody has they just mentioned they have the whole mm-hmm. fear of putting themselves out there like um i would say like wh- what do they what do they think that putting themselves out there has to look like mm. i think would be really interesting to explore for them 
even exploring what does authentic mean to them. Do you know, because that was the first part of the question. And um, it's gone from my head. It came in there two seconds ago and it's literally just floated out the <laughs> other ear. Uh, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> It'll come to me. The fear of putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. How can I make it easeful? Yeah. Playful. Soft. How, what would it look like if I was just to take all you know, this has to do something. This has to have so many likes. This has to, you know, be something. What about if I just went back to what Instagram was originally built for, was just for your own self to hold your own little collection of photographs of sort of things people took pictures of for themselves before they realized it could be used for that there. Mm -hmm. So how can I come back to it? Maybe just being a little place for me to see for myself, my own expression. Mm. and even take the word authentic out of that you know just for now maybe because if that's very loaded mm. just to go an expression of who I am at this moment so maybe over a period of time I can look back and see how I've changed how I've grown like mm. do you know like so I'm thinking of just shifting the energy of the words like understanding our definition of them but to me it would be like how can I make it like playful yeah you know how can I make it something I actually maybe want to do well, that's the thing, you know, and I think when I think of fearful, it's like we all have affinities and aversions. Um, and sometimes it's about, it's not to avoid all of your aversions, <laughs> but sometimes mm. like, are you actually taking advantage of your, of the things that you love doing, you know? So if you love making videos, you know, and I have some people in my life, they're just, they're, they're adoring the process from the beginning to the end. Mm. I love looking at good videos, but it takes a tremendous amount of energy for me. But they, they would literally do this day and night. I mean, and use platforms to express that. Are you enjoying writing? You know, like the, the skillful art of really editing that the whole process mm using something for that are you do you enjoy the spoken word you know how can you bring that out and i think again we live in times where we have so many different platforms um and so many ways of expressing ourselves and i think i know a lot of the times been said like you know these different platforms have different you know generations or different ages mm. and so on but i would actually start start by putting stuff out in an environment that you enjoy yeah you know i mean for me personally, it's to be honest, it's, 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 it has a lot to do with in person. So if I, if I'm in the flow and put some out in person, there's no mm. more fear. If I get started on some sort of momentum of a, of a project, the fear is gone. The fear for me personally is always in the anticipating and using my head to, you know, micromanage every step ahead of time. Once I'm in it, I'm feeling the energy of a project or whatever is going on. And I'm like one with it. I enter that sort of flow. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's how I and move out of fear into, you know, I do something. And even if it's just like, yeah, I keep moving plants a lot around these last 18 months, but like I literally rearrange my plants around my desk. Like I, I have them differently when we're podcasting here too. Whereas if, I, if I'm working on a website or do something different, I have them arranged in a different way. Mm -hmm. So for me, the, that physical movement gets me out of fear and into sort of the process. And if you think of it in that way, you can create little rit rituals around and athletes have done that for eons you know there's a certain reason why like they grew up with skiers why they you know when they go to a slope like how they how to visualize everything and before they mm. they take the run you know there's a there's a really a set sequence you know but you see that a lot with sports people you know so that 
even if they're having a bad day, they go through a sequence of whether it's mm-hmm. three or 15 steps. You know, um, I'm one of the tennis players. Um, I can't remember who it was. Like they were, they were notorious for before, like before they served, there was like these, and a lot of people like were super triggered because there were like so many steps before he actually served. <laughs> it was like the wiping of the hands on the pants, taking the ball, putting the ball from one hand into the other. Some call it a tick, but it's also like a ritual. So that mm. means like normalizing, regardless how good you feel or bad you feel about yourself or anything, you go through these like whatever, 20 steps. And by the time you, you are arriving at the actual serve or about the race or at your project or putting yourself out there, you know, you've gone through so much as some of the fear is actually neutralized and you're you're ready for, for game day, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So we can look into the sports world for, for that as well. But I think definitely play and take, take the freaking pressure off. And this is a hard mm-hmm. one, you know. But it's like, like as a yoga teacher, you're not going into yoga room and hope that this will be your most stunning. I mean, to some extent you do hope, but this, this will be, you know, mm-hmm. your latest class is the best the best aspect of your work thus far you know but mm. if you actually did that consciously you wouldn't even get the first word out so mm. it's there's a something about routine as well i think that you if you're allowing yourself you know like don't intend to kind of you know <laughs> I'll put shite out there uh, but you know <laughs> like you can aim high but like take the pressure off that every post everything you do has to be you know the polished authentic version or it has to get likes or it has to be the key part it's about i think it's about playfulness enjoyment and then consistency in that so over time you don't actually realize the work you're putting Mm. in and it's all accumulative and it's it becomes your body of work right yeah 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 definitely like and it's to allow yourself to mess up like Mm. do you know like the very first online class like you know the first online sort of course i created a couple, like three four years ago when I look back at those videos I kill myself laughing literally deer cotton headlights like I was like I really don't want to do this I want to do this but I don't want to do it but I want to do it enough that I'm willing to do this mm-hmm. here like and they're hilarious like just hilarious I'm like oh bless your cotton socks Rosling. fair play to you do you know like even when we first started talking on this podcast yeah like you know things are always clunky when we do them for the first time and the tenth time and the hundredth time but somewhere along the way we just those parts of us sort of get quieter Mm. because we're exercising the other muscle more as well like so i'm like just let it be messy like we don't spend six hours editing our podcast we're like you get the unedited version of whatever comes out of our mouth that way because otherwise we know we'll lose the essence of it too like yeah. do you know, like so you're sort of allowing that space to play and be very gentle with yourself while you're beginning and putting yourself out there and to have the deepest compassion for the part of you that wants to grow like yeah do you know that's willing to put themselves into that space of putting their face on a camera to share a part of something that's really important to them like mm. yeah i love that yeah, gentleness. I think we all need more of that mm. in these times. Buckets, buckets yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. So, dear listeners, we will leave you there with a bucket of gentleness. <laughs> and um, we have in our pockets a couple of other questions that we will tease you with next week. But for now, do send us um, any of your little questions you might have and yeah. you'd like us to talk about, share about, rift about, about being in a soul-led business. Um, because it's great for you to receive some sort of 
information around it or to see what resonates and maybe what we share might support you as well. So enjoy your week ahead and we look forward to connecting next week. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Air School podcast hosted by Rosalie McNally and BB Dallin. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdalman.com and thethirstysoul.com. Thank you.